Hey everybody, welcome back this week as we walk through the Word together. Hey, last week was just awesome to have Tim Hood here with us and as we walk through what it looks like to love our enemies. Uh, challenging week, kind of a heavy week. But you know what I heard uh, this week was really encouraging was our life groups walking together in this truth still, walking it out in the week. And I'm hearing about breakthrough as people step into this challenging teaching from Jesus to love our enemies. Because we were once his enemy, he chooses to love us. It's that reception of the truth that then drives us to walk out the truth. And as we walk out this truth, we discover that life is produced in us and also in other people. And so some of the awesome stories, just to have people walking together with us, if you're not in a life group, and if maybe you don't know what a life group is, it's just a group of people who are doing life together. We are walking with one another, growing together to see the life of Christ continue to manifest and birth in us and then to see it spread outside of the walls of our houses and our church buildings. If you're interested in doing that, connect with us at midtownknox.org and we'd love to connect you with a group right around where you are. Another thing to expect just to know that it's coming is that we're doing what some churches call a vacation Bible school or a VBS. And uh, right now, this summer, we're gonna be doing that every single Wednesday in the month of July. We are partnering with North Star Church and together we're coming together as this kingdom movement. It's exactly what we wanted to be a part of. And so we're gonna see that come to fruition, but we're not staying in the church building. We're moving outside the church building. We're going to Cedar Bluff Schools and we're gonna be partnering with the school system and having a summer extravaganza there. So if you wanna be a part of that, would you connect with us as well at uh, midtownknox.org? And instead of hitting connect, you're gonna see a BBS tab, hit BBS. And if you wanna volunteer, if you wanna sign up your student or your child to be a part of that, we would love for you to be a part. Thank you so much for joining us because the conversation doesn't end with last week, it actually continues. Today, we wanna to talk about what does it look like to love our neighbors? We've defined Midtown community as we wanna be a part of a kingdom movement, growing together by loving God and loving the world. So we're in this process of growth together, of discovering the love of God and manifesting the love of God to the world. So we talked about loving our enemies yesterday or last week. <laughs> we're talking about loving our neighbors this week. This week I had something absolutely insane happen to me, and I don't know if this has ever happened to you. Uh, it's the first for me. Um, I'm outside, and it's been beautiful weather. And so I built this amazing fire in my backyard. I was enjoying myself with my feet propped up and my wife brings out a box of paper to go ahead and burn because we, instead of shredding, we're burning our papers fine. I'm throwing a couple pieces in there. And uh, if you're like me, we have papers for days. And so I'm sitting there and I just decide, you know what? This whole thing needs to burn right now because I don't got enough time for this. So I grab the whole box, I throw it in the fire and I watch this thing roar. It roars for a long time. I sit out there till it's after dark and pretty late. And so I'm going inside and I walk in. I say, hey, babe, would you, would you call my phone? And she said, oh, no, I know her. Your phone's out there on, the, on that box of papers that I brought to you. I say, what? Excuse me? Oh, yeah, it was on the box of papers. And I said, okay, okay. And I was quiet. And my silence really told the story for her as she said, you didn't throw that whole box in the fire, did you? And I said, 
Yes, I did. And so I did the find my phone app thing and the timestamp, the ending timestamp was, was literally on there. It was like 11.15 at night. You know, it's, it's died. It's like it's death date was on my find my iPhone receipt, you know. And uh, so I have this whole moment where I'm like, I, I had just bought this brand new iPhone last year. It's one of those newer ones. So you know how much those things are running, by the way. And I started thinking about what it was going to be like to buy another one. And how painful that was going to be. Maybe you've experienced something like this. Maybe as the bills come into your house, and maybe it's not a phone, but like you've got mountains of papers coming to your home. It's like they represent for you money going outside the door, money you don't have. And so all those papers can be really, really stressful. Because in the background, you know that I got nothing to draw from to be able to pay off those papers. Man, and it just spoke to me as I was thinking about this story today and what it's like to love our neighbors. Paul tells the church of Rome in Romans 13, he says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. Owe no one anything but to love one another. So what he's saying is live as if you owe a debt to love somebody else. And if that word for you is inciting some kind of pain, I understand. Because normally a debt in the background creates an anxiety and a stress because it represents money you don't have to pay something that you don't want to pay. Paul is saying, owe no one anything, but owe the debt of love to others. Now, I want to talk really quick about um, a story that Jesus tells or involves Jesus. And it involves a guy who's wondering what it looks like to love his neighbor. If loving your neighbor sounds like death to you, then I pray that this message is a blessing to you because I want to tell you sometimes the idea of loving my neighbor doesn't sound so good to me either. This is the story that is told in, in Luke chapter 10. A guy comes up to Jesus and he says, basically, hey, what do I have to do to get eternal life? And Jesus looks at him and says, what's the law say? Well, this Expert in the law tells him, well, let me, let me tell you what it, what it says. It says, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus says, you have answered correctly. Do this and you will live. Do it. Do that and you will have this eternal life. You will live the eternal life. I don't know about you, but if that's what it takes to get eternal life, for me to do something, and I'm going to get eternal life if I love God perfectly with my heart, soul, mind, strength, and love my neighbor as myself. I'm going to do that, and I'm going to have eternal life. If I'm going to tell you the truth, that would terrify me if I read the Bible and I'm honest with myself, because truthfully, not going to happen. Maybe you're sitting there, and you've read that passage as well, and if you're honest with yourself, you've got to hold your breath, and you're a little bit afraid, because Honestly, I'm not going to get there. I'm not going to do it. 
So in order to justify himself, this guy looks at Jesus and says, well, look, well here's the deal. Like, really, who, who really is my neighbor? And maybe you've heard the story that Jesus then tells this guy, but Jesus tells the story of who the neighbor really is. He tells the story of a man who took a journey from Jerusalem to Jericho and is thieved, he's robbed, he's beaten and taken for everything he has. And that day, as people pass him by, they see him in his distress. And he talks about three different people who, or two people who pass him by, one who doesn't. Two of those guys are supposed to be the best guys in society. One is a teacher of the law or of the Bible. He's a Pharisee. And the other is a Levite. He's from the priestly line. He's high esteem. And then one who doesn't pass this man by is a Samaritan. It's somebody that's kind of looked down in society that everybody thinks less of. And this guy stops and sees this man in his distress and he gets off of his donkey, picks this man up, puts him on, bandages his wounds, and then takes him to the nearest place to get help. Jesus finishes up this story and he looks at this man and he says, who do you think was this neighbor? Who do you think was a good neighbor? And the man replies, the one who showed mercy. Jesus is exactly, you've answered correct. Go and do likewise. You see, what this man realized was, I could never fulfill the law. I could never accomplish it perfectly. So what I'm doing, I'm living in the mercy of God right this second. And so if I will step off my high horse and I will live in complete honesty of understanding, I haven't measured up to the law. I haven't loved God. I haven't done it with all my heart. I haven't done it with all my strength. But I'm living inside the grace of God. Thank you, God, for the gift of mercy that you've given me. Thank you. Now I want to live from that place, not looking for the mercy of God, but from the mercy of God. You see, so Paul continues and helps us understand in Romans how we can actually live this loving life to our neighbor. In Romans 5, he actually says this. Here's how you can do it. God's love has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. In other words, God's love is a gift. God's love can't be conjured up by you. It's got to be received by you. You got to receive it. And inside this story that Jesus tells is the only way to really receive the love of God is that we've got to understand this. We've got to understand that our sin left us broken and beaten on the side of the road. And yet it was Jesus who came along and picked us up, got off of his own donkey and put us up there, bandaged up our wounds and brought us healing, brought us to the place of healing and then said, I'm here for the rest of the healing, I wanna see it come to completion. Whatever is needed to continue to bring healing in their life, I'll pay the price to do it. This is the story of Jesus. And as you receive that good news, as then you come into this place of actually accepting this truth, this truth is what's going to be the thing that heals your heart, soul, and mind. It's gonna be that that actually pours out power from God into our life that then manifests through our life then we are invited to then be that person who then walks the street looking for those who have been in the same position we were once in. 
and at times maybe still are. This is our great invitation to be that neighbor in the same way that Jesus was that perfect neighbor for us. So how do, what does it look like to love our neighbor? I just want to tell you a couple things today about what it looks like once you've received that message, once you've actually invited the love of God to come and flood your heart and have received it. What happens when we decide, hey, I want to be that neighbor now? There's a couple things that I think we can glean from this story today that I think can revolutionize the way that we see ourselves. Who is our neighbor? Our neighbor is along the journey that we're walking. Our neighbor is actually everyone who's coming in contact in close proximity with us. Who was the good neighbor? It was the one who stopped along the way. What did that passage say? It said the Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was. As the Samaritan was walking, he was a neighbor to this man. That's what Jesus talked about. The Samaritan was the neighbor. He was the good neighbor. But who was he a neighbor to? The one who was along his path. Sometimes we're saying, God, how can you use me? Where do I go? What do I do? And I'm just saying, what if we actually believe that everybody in our path was, we were sent by God to them to be the neighbor that Jesus was to us? Everyone. You say, Jay, everyone? I mean, that's a lot. But here's the reality of what I was talking about earlier. A painful debt is one where we don't have anything in the bank to pay it. But the reality of what it says, that the love of God is poured out into us. It's really this picture of somebody who's got the bankroll behind him. So like a billionaire with a debt of like $50,000, it don't matter. Because guess what? Oh, I got plenty. Oh, a new iPhone? Ain't nothing, baby. Like here it is. I'll pay the price simple because I got so much back here. You see, here's the reality. If I'm resting in the power of God, understanding that God sent me everywhere I go, then I got the bankroll behind me. And everything that I'm showing up to give away isn't from me, it's from him. It's not my words, because I know my words aren't life, but his are. So I don't have to try to invent words to say. I don't have to try to invent encouragement. My God gave it to me and through, through his word. So as I receive his good, good word, I give it away for free, because it's his free gift that he gave me. What a wonderful treasure that is. What a wonderful honor it is to give away love to everybody because it isn't mine and it's not from me, it's from him. This is a beautiful truth that I believe can set us free if we actually understand this, is that I don't have anything in and of myself to give somebody to be a good neighbor. But what I have received, I can give to you. Sound familiar? In Acts chapter three, uh, Peter's walking down the street and a guy looks at him and says, hey, look, I'm, I'm poor, I'm here, I can't walk. Can you give me some money? And says Peter looks at him very intently. And as he sees him in his place of distress, he says, look, I don't have money, but what I have, I'm gonna give to you. Stand up and walk in the name of Jesus. Instantly, the man stands up and is shocked and everyone else is shocked. But here's what Peter did. With the person that was right in front of him, he knew that God had sent him right where he was. And he knew what was in his pockets wasn't gold and silver. So he said, God, what do I have? And why have you allowed me to be here? I expect you to show up. So in the name of Jesus, because there's power in that name and God still does miracles today and still wants to do miracles through you today, 
I believe he sent us to heal the leper, heal the blind, watch the sick get well. And he sent us into the world to see that come to fruition, to see heaven actually invade this earth. You're invited into that. This is exactly what Peter realized. And so when he spoke that, this is what happened. With what he had, he served immediately right where he was. That's what it looks like to be a good neighbor. Because if you say, hey, today, I don't have what it takes to be a good neighbor. I don't have much to give away. I want to tell you, you have far more than you ever think if you belong to the king and the king is your dad. He's poured out love into your heart. If you give away the love of God, that will accomplish far more in people's lives than you could ever fathom. Give away what God has given to you today and receive from him his love, which is endless. It's endless. And there's far more to it than you could probably ever imagine. Loving our neighbor is meeting the need right now with what you have right now. Proverbs 3, 28 says this. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. Help with what you have right now. Psalm 37, 23 says this. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord and he delights in his way. What if we believe that every step we took was actually uh, ordered by God himself? If you belong to him today, then he's imparted a goodness to you today. You are that good man. And so every step you take is ordered by God and he finds delight in sending you where you are. Is there a need in front of you? Meet it. What did this guy do? So I think... I think as we talk about this, sometimes there feels like pressure. There can be a pressure to perform or to do for these people in a way that they expect. What, Jay, I, I don't have anything to give them. I don't have, uh, I don't have money. I don't have, the, but what you do have, what you do have is the love of God. Give away what you do have. And as you see modeled in, in the story of the Good Samaritan, guess what? The Good Samaritan really didn't do the whole thing. And this is what I want to end today with. And here's the beauty of the church. The good Samaritan actually did this with others. He became a good neighbor with another person who decided to become a good neighbor. He was a piece of the part of healing, but he wasn't the whole thing. This is the beauty of what the church is. I'm a piece of it, but I know that you might have another gift that is a completion or bringing to even more of a fruition of healing in somebody else's life. Welcome to the church. And this is really where Life Group comes in, uh, in in such an important role in each one of our lives. Don't do this by yourself and you were never meant to. Do you want to be a good neighbor? Then I invite you, would you connect with us? Because we've got people all over the city desiring to be that good neighbor. And we'd love to do that with you. We'd love for you to do that with us. Would we partner in this mission to see neighboring, the love of Jesus kind of neighboring happen in our city? I believe it's what God wants to do in our churches today. He doesn't want us to come and just sit and listen to songs and listen to sermons. He actually wants to, us to put into practice the thing that has flooded our life, which is the love of God. And if you have received this love, then would you give it away freely? As freely as you have received, would you freely give away? And we would love to give our lives away for you. Maybe you need healing today. I promise you, Jesus will meet you right where you are. But on part of healing 
is in the community of believers. So if you're saying today, Jay, I need healing today. I feel broken. I feel beaten. I feel down. You're not alone. And I guarantee you, other people have been there as well. But here's what we need. We need each other in this process. The church is actually meant to be the manifestation of Jesus, meant to be the hands and feet of him. Would you come join in that? Would you not sit on the sideline? Would you join in the call to love others? And I promise in the process of loving others, I believe we too together will experience a healing. Would you like to connect with us? MidtownKnox.org. Just hit connect and we'd love to connect with you. Hey, thanks for joining us today. And what it means to love a neighbor is to be that neighbor. Just show up, be present. Understand that your steps are ordered by God and understand that you have everything you need right where you are. Give away what you have and I promise you, you will see those miracles. And then would you share with us your story as you connect with us at midtownknox.org. Much love, my friend. We'll see y'all next week.